Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby of Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the kennel, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. Seven Sundays in a row. It's called Seven Habits of Highly Effective Cowboys. It's gonna be good. It's gonna be hard. There's going to be some of us, you know, when we get through at the end of seven weeks, all the hair is going to be gone off the, off the inside of your legs. And, and you cowboys know what I'm talking about. You go for a while without riding. Maybe some of you ladies maybe need to ride a little bit, get that all worn off a little bit, I guess. I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. That's a personal deal. Do whatever you want to do. But, you know, it, 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 we're going to laugh. I mean, we're going to have some fun doing this. But you know what? We're also going to learn how to be deliberate and dedicated and diligent. Seven habits of highly effective cowboys. We are going to learn what Jesus himself said about seven things, about what, uh, of habits. These aren't things that we do one day and then go, I can check that off my list, you know. Well, I've got that belt buckle. I never have to do that again, you know. No, these these are habits. These are things that that are not going to come natural, that we have to do day in and day out. We're going to talk about how to being the greatest there is. We're going to talk about how, how to be given everything that you need. We're going to talk about how a right attitude will lead you in the right direction. We're going to talk about how to get your prayers answered. We're talking about the seven habits of highly effective cowboys. We're going to talk about how to deal with conflict We're going to talk about how to find the trail that leads where you want to go, but you ain't going to be able to find by yourself, okay? And then we're going to talk about how to live among wolves. The next seven weeks, seven habits of highly effective cowboys, okay? Seven habits of highly effective cowboys. Um, On uh, Wednesday... Man, you ever had one of those days where, man, you've just got like everything. Okay, I'm going to do this, and then after I do this, and I'm going to do this, and then after I do this, I'm going to do this. And everything, you're like, man, this is going to be cutting it close, right? Man, i got a full day. It's the way it is. And so I had one of those afternoons. I was going to pick up my son from from Running Creek Elementary, and and I'm sitting there, and I happen to, I mean, I'm like wanting to get a jump on this, so so I, I beat the the elementary parent fiasco that ha- if you've ever had a kid in elementary in a in a in a even a medium sized town man it, it, Roman gladiators have nothing on parents picking up kids okay so I'm just gonna avoid all of that and just get there early man I back my truck in because I'm gonna ho- I'm gonna whistle at Jace Ray I'm gonna tell him jump in the back of the truck we're gonna be gone okay. We're teaching him how to do that. I mean, load up, you know? And so I'm sitting there, and I got this all planned out, right? I'm going to make it, man. See, I, I got I to gotta, gotta pick up my old son. That, that's the most important thing, right? We're going to pick up my son, and then I got to run to Singing Hills and get a tire for my daughter because that's the cheapest place I can get a tire at, and those people treat me good, so I'm going to give them business. And, and, and they're not going to be there Thursday, Friday, and I think forever, 
because that's what they said, and I already ordered it, so I either get it that day or I don't get it at all. And so, anyway, I got to pick up my son, I got to go get a tire, and then I got to go get a, a, a deal for the church in Parker, and then I got to run back and grab the tire, and, th and then I got to go home, and there was something else that I was going to have to do. Oh, I, I was going to be day working the next day, and, and both of the big trailers are gone, so I was getting the little catch trailer ready to use and so I was gonna have to do all that try to get done before dark and man it was just one of those days right and you're like yeah yeah this is this is, this is cool this is cool and so um I sitting there and at 20 till 3 the phone rings and it's Gary Gary is, is taking Ty's spot this week he's the head honcho out at the ranch and he's checking calves and he calls and he goes Hey, what are you doing? I said, picking up Jace Ray, what are you doing? He goes, we need a doctor a calf. Oh, no. So, you know, you, immediately, man, you're like, oh, how am I going to get all of this done? And so I'm like, man, I can't be there until this day. And he's like, you know, I mean, he didn't say anything because he's cooler than this, but I know exactly what he was thinking. He's like, well, you know, what am I supposed to do? Go home and then come back? And, you know, it's just one of those situations. But he's very gracious. And I sat there for a second. I said, no, I'll tell you what. You just hang out. I'll go get him out of school right now, and I'll be there, and I'll be ready to rope in 40 minutes, okay? He said, he said, all right. And so, uh, anyway, so I get, I get there, or I go in, and I get Jace Ray, right? And I put him in, I put him in the car, and I'm like, wah, and I peel out in the parking lot, in this church parking lot, and, you know, so I, I, I'm getting, and I go home, and, um, Anyway, hang on just a second. I got to look at something. I don't want to get ahead of myself. This is a long series, so okay. So anyway, I, I, I rush home to get some stuff done, and uh, I, I get there, and I even, I, I'm not going to ride out. I figure I'll hook onto the trailer because I've got to take the trailer in the morning, so I'm going to hook up to the trailer, and I'll load my horse in there, and uh, anyway, everything's going to be good. I'll tell you what happens in a minute. You know, being a cowboy isn't about ropes, and it's not about horses. It's not about hats. It's not about howdies, okay? Cowboy ain't got nothing to do with any of that. There's only one way to be an effective cowboy, and that's to be servant-minded. That's to be servant-minded, because when, when, when God calls you to do something... When God calls you to be somebody, let me tell you what, you're going to have all of these plans laid out. You're going to be like, well, I, you know, I'm going to run to, I'm going to get my kid and I'm going to go to Singing Hills and then I'm going to go to Parker and then I'm going to come back and I'm going to put the tire on and everything's going to be good. And about the time you get everything planned and you go, whew, I did it. Something's going to come up, okay? Something is going to come up. The first habit of a highly effective cowboy is to be servant-minded. Because you know what? Those cattle cannot take care of themselves. There is no greater illustration of what Jesus called us to be in being a servant than being a cowboy, okay? It is just one of those things that, uh, that is built into a cowboy. You know, a cowboy isn't out there going, Look at me, because most of the time you couldn't even find him if you wanted to, okay? He's out there doing what 
he has been called to do. He's not worried about who else is watching. He's not worried about the the weather conditions uh, because it makes no difference at all, right? And so um, what does it mean to be servant-minded? What does it mean to be servant-minded? Three things. The first thing that if you want to have, if you want to be servant-minded is this. It's not about you, okay? It's not about you. You can't be servant-minded while thinking about yourself all the time, okay? You cannot be servant-minded and think about yourself all the time. Now, I, I will throw a little, a little caviar in there. If you were here last week, you get that joke. I'm going to throw a little caviar in there. Now, understand, we do have to take care of ourselves, okay? Because you can't go feed cattle if you're dead, okay? So, yes, we do have to take care of ourselves, but there is a difference in taking care of yourself and being servant-minded, okay? Uh, Ty, we, we've just, I don't know about, about Dale and, and Lee and some of these other ranchers, but, um, you know, we've just been doctoring calves a lot. I mean, it's real dusty, it's real dry, and it's getting real cold at night. And those three things, man, we've just been doctoring respiratory stuff after respiratory, and they don't all get sick on the same day. It's one a day, you know, so, you, you know, it doesn't matter if you rope one or ten, you still got to do the same amount of stuff to get ready and go out there. So, what does it mean to be servant-minded? It ain't about you, okay? Number two, you lead by serving. That's what it means to be servant-minded. Think about this. Do, do, the, do the cattle tell the cowboy what to do? No, they don't. Okay, the cowboy or the rancher is the boss, but he leads in a servant mentality. Okay, you know, if, if you don't think a cowboy's a servant, you know, your horse is out there, you got to feed your horse, you got to water your horse, you got to scoop poop, you got to do all of this stuff. And guess what? You're the boss. I will not draw an illustration to being a preacher. Ha <laughs> ha. You got to lead by being a servant. Servant leadership. And the third thing, what does it mean to be servant-minded? Your comfort comes last. And man, that, that, that's, I, I think that that third one is, is, is kind of really what gets people. Because, you know, they say, man, I want to follow God. I, I, man, I, hey, man, I, I heard about that, that, that eternal life without, without no pain, without no suffering, and kind of, you know, man, you know, you pray for it, you got God on your side, man, I want me some of that. How do I get that, Kevin? I'm like, just give your entire life up, but get ready, man, because when you stand up, you stand out, and that old devil's going to draw a bead on you, boy. What does that mean? Don't, isn't it all just Skittles and unicorns whenever you get saved? No. No, it's not. What does it mean to be servant-minded? In Matthew chapter 23, verses 11 and 12, you can turn... If you got your Bibles, turn to Matthew 23. If you've got our, our mobile app on Android or iPhone, you can find it by going to savethecowboy.com, downloading that. You can get all the podcasts. There's even a Bible on there, okay? So there's no reason. Matthew 23, 11 and 12. While Jesus is preaching to his disciples and some people that had gathered around, he's speaking about the Pharisees. And he says this, the greatest among you will be a servant. The greatest among you must be a servant. But those who exalt themselves will be humbled, 
and those who humble themselves will be exalted. What does it say right there? It ain't about you. If you do things so people will say, well, look at me, look at me, man, God's going to humble you. As a matter of fact, God's not even going to have to humble you because that's what the world loves to do. The, you just watch anything on TV and the world is going to say, is going to try to lift you up by worldly standards. Worldly standards are going to lift you up to a place and then they're going to kick it out from under you because that's exactly what the world does. And Jesus is saying it right there when he says, but those who exalt themselves will be humbled, but whoever humbles himself will be exalted. It ain't about you. It's not about you. It, the only time Christianity was about you is when Jesus took your sins and they nailed him to the cross and he died for you. That's when it was about you. And you know what? That was enough. Because of that, we have the opportunity to have our sins forgiven. We have the opportunity to fellowship with like-minded cowboys and cowgirls, and we have the opportunity to minister or to meet the needs of others. No longer is it about you. The greatest defining moment in the history of this world was when they nailed God's Son to the cross. And on that day, it was about you. Now, it is not. It is about Him. What does it mean to be servant-minded? It ain't about you. The greatest among you I told you that we were going to learn how to be the greatest. You want to be the greatest? I mean, come on. If anybody says, man, you know what? No, I, I, Kevin, let me, let me just tell you something, okay? Listen here, cowboy. You talk a pretty good sermon, okay? But I don't want to be the greatest. I want to be mediocre. I'd just, I'd, I'd just rather be just pretty mediocre and plain and not ever really get anything done. That, that's, kind of, that's kind of what I'm striving for. Well, congratulations, you're already there, okay? Man, you nailed it. If anybody wants to be mediocre, I'll send them to you. But if you want to be great, which you should, it ain't about you. Jesus says, the greatest among you will be a servant, must be a servant, must be a servant. But those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. If you'll flip back a few pages, go back to Matthew chapter 20. The Bible's arranged really cool. If you're in 23, you can go backwards to 20, and you can find this spot really easily. Matthew chapter 20, 26 through 28. See, there, there was two disciples named James and John. Now, these, these, these two cowboys were brothers, and, and they were called the sons of thunder. There was one time where some people were kind of talking some smack about Jesus and, and wasn't letting him do some stuff in there, and, and they asked if they could call fire and brimstone down from heaven and kill everybody. <laughs> these were cowboys, all right. Wow, you know. So these were called the sons of thunder, but, but they wanted, they sent their mama... <laughs> <laughs> they were the sons of thunder and mama's boys. Sorry, James. Sorry, John. I just was making an illustration. I was not. <clears throat> I'll meet them one day, and I hope they don't hold that against me. Uh, but they sent their mom to, to they wanted, whenever, whenever Jesus ascended to his throne in heaven, they wanted to sit at his left and his right. Okay? This is what Jesus said in response to that. It's kind of a lengthy response, but here's the, there, here's, here's the red letter stuff. But among you, it will be different. And he's talking to you too. He's talking to me. But among you, it will be different. 
Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give His life as a ransom for many. See, we always hear that term. Well, I want to follow Christ. (laughs) You ready? It ain't going to be easy. But among you, it will be different. See, this world tells you in order to be a leader, you've got to do all of these things. You know, you've got to get ahead. You've got to make more money. You've got to drive a bigger car. You've got to have a better horse. You've got to have a living quartered horse trailer. And God says, man, it's different with you, man. See, I, if you'll humble yourself and, and, and you'll even become a slave to those that, that I put in your path, then I will exalt you. Because if you try to exalt yourself, man, you're going to run into a wreck, cowboy. What does it mean to be servant-minded? It ain't about you. Number two, lead by serving. I want all across this nation... Here in Colorado, in Texas, in Montana, in, where, in, 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 in Canada, in Germany, in Australia. I want there to be leaders like this world has never known. And you know where they'll come from? Servanthood. Servanthood. And the last thing, what does it mean to be servant-minded? In Mark chapter 9, if you've got your Bibles, it's Matthew, and then Mark is right after it. Mark chapter 9 comes right after 8 and right before 10. Mark chapter 9, after hearing the disciples argue about which one of them was the greatest, I think this must have been a theme, okay? You put 12 cowboys together and they're going to, you know how the first rodeo came about? Because two cowboys said, well, I'm a better roper than you. No, you're not. And they had a competition, okay? It's been going on since Jesus' time, okay? Every one of them thought that they were the best, okay? Well, they arguing about it, right? They fixing to have them like a, like a, one of them, Bible drills or something. I don't know how they was going to solve it. But Jesus overheard them arguing about which one of them was the greatest. And in Mark chapter 9, verse 35, he sat down and called the disciples over to him and said, whoever wants to be first must take last place and be the servant of everyone else. If you want to be first, you got to go to the end of the line. If you want to be first, you got to be last. Your comfort comes last. You got to be willing to put everybody else ahead of you. You got to be willing to say, you know what? Y'all go ahead. I'll bring up the rear. Y'all go ahead. Y'all go ahead. Go ahead. But we live in a world that it's, you know, don't wait on anybody, you know. I mean, I'm just as guilty as anybody, you know. Car pulls out. What are you doing? I was first, you know. Somebody cuts in line, you know. You're walking at Walmart and they got one checker. And you see like 14 people with carts and they're all headed for the checker and you speed up. I get it. I get it. You ought to be with four really good ropers and there's a calf that needs to be doctored. (laughs) Whooping and spurring, trying to get to be the first one there. I get it. I do. I get it. That's not what Jesus said to do though. He said the first shall be last. It's totally different than the way this world operates because we are totally different. We are totally different. What does it mean to be servant-minded? It means it ain't about you, cowboys, cowgirls, men, ladies, young people. It ain't about you. We got to lead by serving. And our comfort comes last. We have to put ourselves last. Okay, that's what Jesus said to do. Word of warning. Word of warning. A lot of us today, this thought has probably crossed your mind. You might not have admitted to anybody, but you know and God knows that it's crossed your mind. You've thought about somebody else and how they don't fit any of these, right? 
Although so-and-so, he says he's a Christian. He don't fit none of that. This ain't about anybody else. It's about you. Your personal relationship with God has nothing to do with how anybody else does these three things. Because God's not up there saying, hey, you know, you make sure that other people do this. (laughs) That ain't what he's saying. You don't worry about everybody else. You, you worry about being a servant. Whoever wants to be first must take last place and be the servant of everyone else. But among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. The greatest among you must be a servant. Following God ain't easy, folks, but it's worth it. This is how you become that person that you know inside that God has called you to be. You will not get there any other way. You're not going to get there by accident. You're not going to trip and fall one day and, oh, I didn't even realize it, man. I'm like in heaven now. <laughs> that was funny. Never saw that coming. Uh-uh. You have to make a choice. You have to be deliberate. You have to be dedicated and you have to be diligent in all of these things. You are not going to be the greatest in the kingdom of God by accident. You will have to intentionally meet the need of someone else and you will probably have to sacrifice something to do so. Okay. Romans 12, 2, offer yourselves as a living sacrifice for this is your pure act of worship. You're going to have to be dedicated, okay? This isn't a checklist item of one and done. I was working cattle the other day and one calf, one calf got through, right? So we had to get it with the calves where the calves needed to go and we couldn't really do that. So I reached down, picked up two feet, there we went. And they said, well, we've got some more to brand later. Are you going to rope? I said, no, I'm not going to rope. I'm at 100% today. I threw one loop and caught two hind feet. I'm done. That's not dedication, okay? That was a joke, okay? We must be dedicated every single day. We don't sit here and pat ourselves on the back for a servant meeting the need of one person, of being a servant one day. We wake up every single day and we be dedicated to being servants, being cowboys. We must be diligent. It's easy to agree with this now and want to do it. Yeah, you know, I can hear, I hear what Kevin's saying. Man. I kind of like this, you know. It's going to be hard. <laughs> yeah, you think it's hard sitting here listening to me? What happens whenever I'm not there to encourage you? What's going to happen whenever you get out there and, and you've got your plan, your life all planned out and God says, well, how about let's just screw it all up? It'll happen. So I rush back home to hook the trailer up. And the trailer's right here, and there's like we're letting this lady keep her camper out there, and it's in the way. And so I had to back up at a 90-degree angle to the trailer, right? And I'm off about this far after 14 tries, okay? So I get in there, and I, and I crank it down, and I push. Nothing happens. I push, and nothing happens. So I jump out. Gary's waiting on me. It's about 14 degrees outside with a 30-mile-an-hour wind. I've got this snot deal hanging off my nose about this far. And I run in, and I get the digging bar, right? Because I'm going to put it in there and get it on, right? So I jump in the back of the truck, and I take it right there, and, I, and it just and it slips. So I stick it on there this other way, and and it slips off again. Nothing's happening. Finally, I was like, you know what I mean. (laughs) That little old deal starts coming up. So I put it in there, and I go again. And all hell broke loose. Come back next week, and I'll tell you what happened. (laughs) Let's go to God in prayer. God, we love you so much. We thank you for the ability to come 
and be a servant. God, help us to do that each and every day of understanding that it's not about us, of, of being leaders, being servant leaders in our homes, in our communities, in our country, and in this world. And God, help us to put our comfort last, to, to let others go ahead of us, to, to just put people in front of us, to love people on through what they're doing, to meet the needs of others. God, give us the courage to do that. And if there's somebody here that, man, they've heard your gospel message for the first time, God, I'd like to invite them to saddle up with you today. And they can do that by just saying, God, I'm going to turn around. I've been riding the direction of the world, and I'm going to turn around. I'm going to start following you. I give my life to you, God. Not just my spiritual life, but my emotional life and my physical life and everything that I own. And all of it comes from you. And God, I thank you for that and show me how to serve you. If you've just said that, that's what salvation is all about. You got that job on that ranch that you did nothing to deserve. Well, now that you're a cowboy on that ranch, it's time to do cowboy stuff. God, lead us and guide us. We love you. We trust you. Amen. The cowboy has molded and shaped our country by the sweat of his brow and his faith in God. Slowly, his way of life has been labeled as outdated and obsolete. If that wasn't enough, religion has tried to change his view of the God he experiences every day. The rough hands of the carpenter's son have been replaced with silver tongues and promises of an easy life. But the cowboy knows better. His way of life is slowly dying. No longer do people keep their word. No longer is a handshake all you need. He searches for men who act like men and ladies who act like ladies. He is one in a thousand and he needs your help. For just $35 a month, which is one one thousandth of the average yearly salary, you can be part of saving the cowboy's heritage, saving the cowboy's faith, and his livelihood. You too can help save the cowboy. Just text save the cowboy, all one word, to 77977 and be a part of something extraordinary.